Section 44 of Young Folks Treasury, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Young Folks Treasury, Volume 2. Edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Section 44. Dick Whittington and His Cat. Adapted by Ernest Rees. In the reign of the famous King Edward III, there was a little boy called Dick Whittington, whose father and mother died when he was very young, so that he remembered nothing at all about them, and was left a ragged little fellow, running about a country village. As poor Dick was not old enough to work, he was very badly off. He got but little for his dinner, and sometimes nothing at all for his breakfast, for the people who lived in the village were very poor indeed, and could not spare him much more than the parings of potatoes, and now and then a hard crust of bread. For all this, Dick Whittington was a very sharp boy, and was always listening to what everybody talked about. On Sunday he was sure to get near the farmers, as they sat talking on the tombstones in the churchyard, before the parson came, and once a week you might see little Dick leaning against the signpost of the village alehouse, where people stopped to drink as they came from the next market town, and when the barber's shop door was open, Dick listened to all the news that his customers told one another. In this manner, Dick heard a great many very strange things about the great city called London. For the foolish country people at that time thought that folks in London were all fine gentlemen and ladies, and that there was singing and music there all day long, and that the streets were all paved with gold. One day a large wagon and eight horses, all with bells at their heads, drove through the village while Dick was standing by the signpost. He thought that this wagon must be going to the fine town of London, so he took courage and asked the wagoner to let him walk with him by the side of the wagon. As soon as the wagoner heard that poor Dick had no father or mother, and saw by his ragged clothes that he could not be worse off than he was, he told him he might go if he would, so they set off together. I could never find out how little Dick contrived to get meat and drink on the road, nor how he could walk so far, for it was a long way, nor what he did at night for a place to lie down to sleep in. Perhaps some good-natured people in the towns that he passed through, when they saw he was a little ragged boy, gave him something to eat, and perhaps the wagoner let him get into the wagon at night and take a nap upon one of the boxes or large parcels in the wagon. Dick, however, got safe to London, and was in such a hurry to see the fine streets paved all over with gold, that I am afraid he did not even stay to thank the kind wagoner, but ran off as fast as his legs would carry him, through many of the streets, thinking every moment to come upon those that were paved with gold. For Dick had seen a guinea three times in his own little village, and remembered what a deal of money it brought in change, so he thought he had nothing to do but to take up some little bits of the pavement, and should then have as much money as he could wish for. Poor Dick ran till he was tired, and had quite forgot his friend the wagoner. But at last, finding it grow dark, and that every way he turned he saw nothing but dirt instead of gold, he sat down in a dark corner and cried himself to sleep. Little Dick was all night in the streets, and next morning, being very hungry, he got up and walked about, and asked everybody he met to give him a halfpenny to keep him from starving. But nobody stayed to answer him, and only two or three gave him a halfpenny, so that the poor boy was soon quite weak and faint for the want of victuals. 
at last a good-natured looking gentleman saw how hungry he looked why don't you go to work my lad he said to dick that i would but i do not know how to get any answered dick if you are willing come along with me said the gentleman and took him to a hay-field where dick worked briskly and lived merrily till the hay was made after this he found himself as badly off as before and being almost starved again he laid himself down at the door of mr fitzwarren a rich merchant here he was soon seen by the cook who was an ill-tempered creature and happened just then to be very busy preparing dinner for her master and mistress so she called out to poor dick what business have you there you lazy rogue there is nothing else but beggars if you do not take yourself away we will see how you will like a sousing of some dishwater i have some here hot enough to make you jump just at that time mr fitzwarren himself came home to dinner and when he saw a dirty ragged boy lying in the door he said to him why do you lie there my boy you seem old enough to work i am afraid you are inclined to be lazy no indeed sir said dick to him that is not the case for i would work with all my heart but i do not know anybody and i believe i am very sick for the want of food poor fellow get up let me see what ails you dick now tried to rise but was obliged to lie down again being too weak to stand for he had not eaten any food for three days and was no longer able to run about and beg a halfpenny of people in the street so the kind merchant ordered him to be taken into the house and have a good dinner given him and be kept to do what dirty work he was able to do for the cook little dick would have lived very happily in this good family if it had not been for the ill-natured cook who was finding fault and scolding him from morning to night and besides she was so fond of basting that when she had no meat to baste she would baste poor dick's head and shoulders with a broom or anything else that happened to fall in her way at last her ill usage of him was told to alice mr fitzwarren's daughter who told the cook she should be turned away if she did not treat him kinder the ill-humour of the cook was now a little amended but besides this dick had another hardship to get over his bed stood in a garret where there were so many holes in the floor and the walls that every night he was tormented with rats and mice a gentleman having given dick a penny for cleaning his shoes he thought he would buy a cat with it the next day he saw a girl with a cat and asked her if she would let him have it for a penny the girl said she would and at the same time told him the cat was an excellent mouser dick hid his cat in the garret and always took care to carry a part of his dinner to her and in a short time he had no more trouble with rats and mice but slept quite sound every night soon after this his master had a ship ready to sail and as he thought it right that all his servants should have some chance for good fortune as well as himself he called them all into the parlour and asked them what they would send out they all had something that they were willing to venture except poor dick who had neither money nor goods and therefore could send nothing for this reason he did not come into the parlour with the rest but miss alice guessed what was the matter and ordered him to be called in she then said she would lay down some money for him from her own purse but the father told her this would not do for it must be something of his own when poor dick heard this he said he had nothing but a cat which he bought for a penny some time since of a little girl fetch your cat then my good boy said mr fitzwarren and let her go dick went upstairs and brought down poor puss 
with tears in his eyes, and gave her to the captain, for he said he should now be kept awake again all night by the rats and mice. All the company laughed at Dick's odd venture, and Miss Alice, who felt pity for the poor boy, gave him some money to buy another cat. This, and many other marks of kindness shown him by Miss Alice, made the ill-tempered cook jealous of poor Dick, and she began to use him more cruelly than ever, and always made game of him for sending his cat to sea. She asked him if he thought his cat would sell for as much money as would buy a stick to beat him. At last poor Dick could not bear this usage any longer, and he thought he would run away from this place, so he packed up his new things and started very early in the morning, on All Hallows, which is the first of November. He walked as far as Holloway, and there sat down on a stone, which to this day is called Whittington's Stone, and began to think to himself which road he should take as he went onwards. While he was thinking what he should do, the bells of Bow Church, which at that time had only six, began to ring, and he fancied their sound seemed to say to him, Turn again, Whittington, Lord Mayor of London. Lord Mayor of London, he said to himself, Why, to be sure, I would put up with almost anything now to be Lord Mayor of London, and ride in a fine coach when I grow to be a man. Well, I will go back, and think nothing of the cuffing and scolding of the old cook if I am to be Lord Mayor of London at last. Dick went back, and was lucky enough to get into the house, and set about his work before the old cook came downstairs. The ship, with the cat on board, was a long time at sea, and was at last driven by the winds to a part of the coast of Barbary, where the only people were the Moors, that the English had never known before. The people then came in great numbers to see the sailors, who were a different colour to themselves, and treated them very civilly, and, when they became better acquainted, were very eager to buy the fine things that the ship was loaded with. When the captain saw this, he sent patterns of the best things he had to the king of the country, who was so much pleased with them that he sent for the captain to the palace. Here they were placed, as it is the custom of the country, on rich carpets marked with gold and silver flowers. The king and queen were seated at the upper end of the room, and a number of dishes were brought in for dinner. They had not sat long when a vast number of rats and mice rushed in, helping themselves from almost every dish. The captain wondered at this, and asked if these vermin were not very unpleasant. "'Oh, yes,' said they, "'very destructive, and the king would give half his treasure to be freed of them. "'For they not only destroy his dinner, as you see, "'but they assault him in his chamber, and even in bed, "'so that he is obliged to be watched while he is sleeping for fear of them.' The captain jumped for joy. He remembered poor Whittington and his cat, and told the king he had a creature on board the ship that would dispatch all these vermin immediately. The king's heart heaved so high at the joy which this news gave him that his turban dropped off his head. "'Bring this creature to me,' says he. "'Vermin are dreadful in a court, and if she will perform what you say, I will load your ship with gold and jewels in exchange for her.' The captain, who knew his business, took this opportunity to set forth the merits of Mrs. Puss. He told his majesty that it would be inconvenient to part with her, as, when the ship was gone, the rats and mice might destroy the goods in the ship, but to oblige his majesty he would fetch her. "'Run, run,' said the queen. "'I am impatient to see the dear creature.' Away went the captain to the ship, while another dinner was got ready. He put Puss under his arm and arrived at the palace soon enough to see the table full of rats. 
when the cat saw them she did not wait for bidding but jumped out of the captain's arms and in a few minutes laid almost all the rats and mice dead at her feet the rest of them in their fright scampered away to their holes the king and queen were quite charmed to get so easily rid of such plagues and desired that the creature who had done them so great a kindness might be brought to them for inspection upon which the captain called pussy 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 and she came to him he then presented her to the queen who started back and was afraid to touch a creature who had made such a havoc among the rats and mice however when the captain stroked the cat and called pussy pussy the queen also touched her and cried putty putty for she had not learned english he then put her down on the queen's lap where she purring played with her majesty's hand and then sung herself to sleep the king having seen the exploits of mrs puss and being informed that her kittens would stock the whole country bargained with the captain for the whole ship's cargo and then gave him ten times as much for the cat as all the rest amounted to the captain then took leave of the royal party and set sail with a fair wind for england and after a happy voyage arrived safe in london one morning mr fitzwarren had just come to his counting-house and seated himself at the desk when somebody came tap tap at the door who's there said mr fitzwarren a friend answered the other i come to bring you good news of your ship unicorn the merchant bustling up instantly opened the door and who should be seen waiting but the captain and factor with a cabinet of jewels and a bill of lading for which the merchant lifted up his eyes and thanked heaven for sending him such a prosperous voyage then they told the story of the cat and showed him the richest present that the king and queen had sent for her to poor dick as soon as the merchant heard this he called out to his servants go fetch him we will tell him of the same pray call him mr whittington by name mr fitzwarren now showed himself to be a good man for when some of his servants said so great a treasure was too much for dick he answered god forbid i should deprive him of the value of a single penny he then sent for dick who at that time was scouring pots for the cook and was quite dirty mr fitzwarren ordered a chair to be sent for him and so he began to think they were making game of him at the same time begging them not to play tricks with a poor simple boy but to let him go down again if they pleased to his work indeed mr whittington said the merchant we are all quite in earnest with you and i most heartily rejoice in the news these gentlemen have brought you for the captain has sold your cat to the king of barbary and brought you in return for her more riches than i possess in the whole world and i wish you may long enjoy them mr fitzwarren then told the men to open the great treasure they had brought with him and said mr whittington has nothing to do but to put it in some place of safety poor dick hardly knew how to behave himself for joy he begged his master to take what part of it he pleased since he owed it all to his kindness no no answered mr fitzwarren this is all your own and i have no doubt but you will use it well dick next asked his mistress and then miss alice to accept a part of his good fortune but they would not and at the same time told him they felt great joy at his good success but this poor fellow was too kind-hearted to keep it all to himself so he made a present to the captain the mate and the rest of mr fitzwarren's servants and even to the ill-natured old cook after this mr fitzwarren advised him to send for a proper tradesman and get himself dressed like a gentleman 
and told him he was welcome to live in his house till he could provide himself with a better when whittington's face was washed his hair curled his hat cocked and he was dressed in a nice suit of clothes he was as handsome and genteel as any young man who visited at mr fitzwarren's so that miss alice who had once been so kind to him and thought of him with pity now looked upon him as fit to be her sweetheart and the more so no doubt because whittington was now always thinking what he could do to oblige her and making her the prettiest presents that could be mr fitzwarren soon saw their love for each other and proposed to join them in marriage and to this they both readily agreed a day for the wedding was soon fixed and they were attended to church by the lord mayor the court alderman the sheriffs and a great number of the richest merchants in london whom they afterwards treated with a very rich feast history tells us that mr whittington and his lady lived in great splendour and were very happy they had several children he was sheriff of london also mayor and received the honour of knighthood by henry v the figure of sir richard whittington with his cat in his arms carved in stone was to be seen till the year seventeen eighty over the archway of the old prison of newgate that stood across newgate street end of dick whittington and his cat recording by lynn thompson in the willamette valley